Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. I want to start today with the book of Revelation. I want to start for a few moments. And again, you kind of saw the screen, you saw the videos, and it talked a little bit about, you know, when you think about end times and when you think about the end and when you think about, uh, you know, we think about the, the, the uh, apocalypse and you think about the Armageddon, the battle of Armageddon, like, do you get scared? Do you get confused? Do you, get, do you understand what's going on? Do you not? It, but it's here, what we have to understand is Revelation is a book of the Bible. And every book of the Bible was meant to, be, to fill us with faith. There's no word in the Bible, there's no word that, ever, that Jesus ever spoke that was supposed to bring fear. God does not bring fear. In fact, the Bible says God does not give us a spirit of fear. If God, gave us a, if God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, why would he write a book to try to create fear in our lives? So it is not a book that's supposed to cause fear in our hearts. It's a book, in fact, that's supposed to fill us with faith. Fill us with faith because we know this. One, Jesus wins. Two, Jesus is coming back. And three, we, when, we, when he goes, we're going with him. Come on, somebody. And we're going to break all that down, talk all about that uh, as we kind of discuss Revelation uh, in the book of Revelation as we go through it. But today, I just want to talk to you about the introduction of Revelation. This is going to be an introduction week. Uh, if you're not from here, I know this Parents Weekend at FSU, and, and I know you may be just visiting. Well, you can follow along with us at, online as you, uh, if, as you w- would like. Uh, but we're going to just introduce kind of what Revelation's about, kind of what it looks like, what, it, what, it, what the characters of the Bible are, why was it written, uh, why should we study it and things like that in revelation chapter one starting in verse one it says this this is a revelation of jesus christ which god gave to show us servants uh, us servants or his servants the events that must soon take place he sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant john who faithfully reported everything that he saw this is his report of the word of god and the testimony of jesus christ blessed is he who reads, and the, who reads, and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep these or keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. The time is near, and so here's what John is saying right here in, in verse one through three. This this is kind of what verse four two. It says letters from John. Okay, yeah, there you go. Good, keep going. That's all good. Uh, verse verse one and three is this concept of us understanding that he's saying, I want you to understand. An angel appears to John. He says, this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And he says, an angel came and appeared to John and says, I want you to write these things down that you see. And so John begins to write these things. The Bible says that he takes, he takes into report and he, he writes everything and he shares what he sees from the scripture. And then it says in verse three, blessed is he who reads it and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. When we're talking about the time is near, what in the world is he talking about? The scripture obviously is talking about uh, the end times or the times that are getting near. And again, I, I said last week, you know, we're in the times that we would call end times. That doesn't mean that, that the, the world's gonna end tomorrow. It just means that as we continue to walk out and live, we can see the signs around us that God is coming soon. We don't know when, but we know he's coming soon. And that's what he's talking about, that the time 
is near. Okay, so why should we study the book of Revelation? I'm glad you asked. Let me give you a couple things. It says in verse 1, this is a revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him to show his servants the events that must take place soon. The first reason why we study the book of Revelation as a church, as believers. I would love for you, I'm just going to hit points. I would love for you to study the book of Revelation on your own as well, but one of the reasons is for preparation. God's showing us events to come. Why? To prepare us. Because he wants us to be prepared when Christ comes for us. There's a scripture, an illustration, a parable that the Bible talks about in the, in the Gospels where Jesus is sharing about ten brides and five are ready when the bridegroom comes and five are not. The bride and the illustration of the Bible is, is considered the church. And so we are the bride of Christ. And so are we prepared and ready for Christ to return? See, oftentimes we say things like, oh, we have plenty of, times, plenty of time on earth to, to live for Christ and to, to turn to God and to follow God because we're not going to die for another 30 years or 40 years or 50 years or 60 years or 70 years or 80 years. And that is true. Yes, you have plenty of time. But that may not be the case with Jesus coming. We don't know. He could come back now, 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 or now, or now. We don't know when he, comes, when he will come back, but here's the question. We're not supposed to be so concerned about when he's coming and more concerned about are we prepared in our hearts for when he comes. Meaning this, when we say prepared in our hearts, I'm not talking about all of us go buy bunkers in Montana. And we, we are bunkering down, hunkering down, buying all the canned goods we could buy. And y'all know the show. Y'all may have seen it. There's like this show called Doomsday Preppers. You know what I'm saying? If you're a doomsday prepper, praise God, we'll pray for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, all good. Like, take me. I'd love to see it. You know what I'm saying? But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about preparing. What we're talking about is preparing our hearts for where the point of where we say, okay, God, I want to love you. I believe in you. I want to live for you. I want to be a follower of you. I want to live like you and follow you to According to your purposes and your plan in my life to prepare us he shows us picture of what the end times and what the times will look like why to prepare us for christ's return verse uh, verse two it's uh yeah verse two it says who faithfully reported everything he saw this is his report to the word of god and the testimony of jesus christ one and we do we, we study it to prepare but then also two we we study it for perspective we study it for perspective it's important that we understand kind of the concept of revelation, revelation in the chapter verse of chapter four through 22 is really a picture of what are things looking like that what things will look like to come in the future. It's a, a biblical picture. Now, here's what you have to know about studying the book of Revelation. It's not linear. So, meaning it's not, it, when you read chapter 4, it may not be at the same time right after chapter 5, might not be right after that. He gives us pictures or windows of what things are going to look like to come. Does that make sense? So we can't read chapter four and say, okay, that'll happen. And then chapter five will happen. Okay, and then chapter six will happen. It's not like that. It's not looking like that. It's a looking through little windows of what God shows us of the future. Okay, that's gonna happen. Okay, that's gonna happen. Okay, that's gonna happen. Does that make sense? And so it's an opportunity for us to see the perspective of what God is going to do and how he desires for us to see it through his lens. And here's what I know too. It's impossible to be afraid of the future it's impossible to be afraid of end times. It's impossible to read the scripture and be afraid of the book of Revelation when our perspective's on eternity because we know this is not our home. And so if this is not our home, I don't have to be concerned about this home because this is not my home. I'm a foreigner on this land. My home's eternity. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. 
Y'all got to amen me. This is revelation. This ain't easy. Come on. Help a brother out, somebody. Chapter 3. Blessed, I mean, verse 3, excuse me. Blessed is he who reads those words, who reads those who, who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. We studied the scripture for three reasons. We studied, for, we studied the revelation for preparation, for perspective, and then also for peace. It says, blessed are those. It doesn't say, oh my goodness, for those that read this scripture, you're doomed. It doesn't say, oh my goodness, oh, oh my, you fear though, fear, 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 fear. Be afraid, those who read this scripture. No, it says, blessed are those. Why? Because when we read it, there's a peace. What is the peace? The peace is this. Jesus is in control. And I'm on Jesus' side if I believe in him. So we study it and we see the scriptures not to be afraid of, oh my gosh, what, look, they're talking about this and oh my gosh, when is this going to happen? Oh my, no, no, it's this peace that comes over us because we know Jesus is ultimately in control. Revelation chapter one and verse four. This is a, just an introduction, kind of giving you what the, the, the whole book's about and what we're gonna be studying. Revelation for the next few weeks, chapter one, verse four. It says, this letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Okay, so let me tell you what's going on here. This, this, this book is written to seven churches. Jesus show, shows up and he's talking to, 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 to John. He says, write these things down. And he wants to write these things as letters to, the, to seven different churches at that time. Okay, so this is what we have to know about that. These seven churches uh, 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 were in ancient Turkey. And here's what we have to know. When we talk, look at the scripture, okay? These, these letters were written to those churches, but also for us. Okay, these letters were not written to us. Okay, so that means you're not going to read the, the New Testament, you're not going to read the Revelation, you're not going to read chapter two and three, we're talking about the churches, and you're not going to hear about COVID. He wasn't writing it to our time. He was writing it to them, but he knew the word never dies, the word is always alive. And so he was writing it for us to be encouraged and to learn and to grow from that. Does that make sense? Make sense? Uh, let me show you a map very quickly. I'm gonna give you all maps, you know what I'm saying? We're going, to, we're going to Bible school today. Come on, somebody. Okay, so this is what it looked like. Okay, so these were uh, the seven churches right there, all the seven churches. And that little island, the Patmos right there, that was where John was. Okay, so let me tell you what's happening right here. And this scripture, when this was written, uh, the church was under major persecution, okay? And actually John was, was sent to, to an island of isolation on Patmos. This is where he was. This is where he gets the vision. Okay, so he was way far away from these churches, and this is the letters that he writes to these seven churches, okay? Just giving you what's going on, okay? Also, uh, it was not only just written to encourage the seven churches, but it's also designed to give us hope for today and to free us from the fear of tomorrow, okay? So here's what I know, uh, that the, the revelation was, was not meant to scare us, but it was meant to equip us and encourage us, okay? It was meant to equip us and encourage us. It was designed to, to give us hope. Okay, also, why is it written? Uh, it was written just because the book speaks of the return of Christ. We're gonna talk about the return of Christ. Many of you probably know what the return of Christ is. Many of you may not, but the scripture talks about, uh, the revelation talks about the return of Christ. And we're gonna break that down and talk all about that. But here's what we know about the return of Christ. No one knows the day or the hour. Okay, so if you, give, if you ever get into the situation where somebody says, I know when Christ is coming, run because they don't know. They, they be prophesying, you know what I'm saying? Y'all see what I did there? Y'all see what I did there? Y'all see? Y'all church people, y'all know what I did. The other people that aren't church people are like, what just happened? I, it's just a churchy joke. 
Y'all remember, for those of us that are a little older in the room, I'm going to show my age a little bit. Y'all remember Y2K? Come on, somebody. A lot of young people in this room weren't even born on Y2K. Y2K was this huge ordeal where they thought everything was just going to just fall apart. Your bank accounts were going to be emptied. All the computers were going to shut down. And, and Jesus was coming back. There was books about it. I remember being a young person and seeing books about it and talking about, it. oh, Jesus is coming back on Y2K. And guess what happened? Y2K. Jesus never came back. There's been books about people saying uh, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988. Jesus never came back in 1988. Then the guy, no joke, true story, you can look this up. He decided to write a book called 89 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 89. He should have said, messed up, let me try again. No offense to the guy that wrote the book. But here's what I know is the scripture says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36, but the day and the hour no one knows, but not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. In fact, the Bible even says that the son himself, Jesus, does not even know when the return will be. Only the father does. And so here's what we know. We're talking about revelation. We're talking about Jesus' return. We're talking about uh, Christ returning to this, to this country and this world. We're talking about uh, no one knows the day or the hour. Here's what we know. We know this that we are just meant to be prepared in our hearts for, for Christ's return, not being concerned and consumed about, is he coming this day or this day? That, in fact, this is where I get, if I hear somebody come out and say, oh yeah, I know Jesus is coming back in, 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 in August of 2021 or October of 2020, I'm like, well, when he's not coming back right now because Jesus wouldn't have told him because nobody knows. The son himself doesn't know, so I know he's not coming back this, this day. You know what I'm saying? So here's what we have to understand when we're talking about return of Christ. We're not going to talk to you about, okay, be prepared this day. That's not what it is. We're saying be prepared because no one knows the day or the hour. Does that make sense? Uh, also, uh, the Bible uh, the, is the theme book that Jesus, the theme of the book, excuse me, is that Jesus reigns. Those who believe in him will overcome. The theme of this book is not be afraid. The theme of this book is not the apocalypse. The theme of this book is not, is not anything other than this. Jesus reigns and those who believe in him will overcome. I want to show it to you in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and did not love their lives unto death. The, the book of Revelation is the theme of understanding Jesus reigns. And not only is he reign, but those who believe in him will also overcome on this earth and in the life to come. And so it's an exciting book to understand. Revelation chapter one and verse 19. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. Okay, this is the angel of the Lord speaking uh, to John. He's saying, write the things that you have seen and the things which, you, which are and the things which will take place. So there's three sections. I'm just giving you very basic uh, Revelation study here. There's three sections of the scripture of Revelation. One, the first section is chapter one. It's really uh, the things uh, that which, which you have seen, things that have already happened. John is, is in an island of Patmos and he has been uh, persecuted. The church uh, 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 in the day has been so persecuted that in fact, I mean, we're talking about persecution. We talk about us being persecuted on this planet because we have to wear masks. These people on 
this, were being really persecuted, like boiled alive. They were being, literally, they were being cut into pieces. They were, these people were being extremely persecuted for, the, for, the, for being Christ followers. In fact, if you were a Christ follower in this time, they were being so persecuted that you could not buy things. You could not spend money on things. You could, you were not a part of the economy. You could not go into a store and buy something if you were considered a follower of Christ. So there's major persecution going on. And so he's talking about that. The scripture says that John says that he was praying. He was, he was suffering, thinking about uh, the churches and the, and, and the things that were happening. And so that's one of the sections. Then section two and three are really things uh, that which are, he's talking to the seven churches, where they are. He's meant to encourage them. It's meant to strengthen them. It's meant to rebuke them. There's some rebuking in it. We're going to talk about the seven churches next week. And so that's chapter two and three. And then chapters four through 22 is three different sections. Things that have you seen, things that are, and then also things to come. Chapters four through 22 are really things to come in, in the future. So that's kind of how we break down the scripture uh, in Revelation. Okay, let me show you a timeline very quickly. Give you one more slide. This might scare you a little bit, but it shouldn't because let me just give you this, okay? This is, a, this, is a, this is what's happening, okay? This is kind of the timeline of the things to come in the future in Revelation, okay? So the church age right there, that's where we are. We're in the day of Pentecost to where the rapture happens, okay? If you don't know about the rapture, we'll talk about that, okay? We'll talk about that later. The rapture of believers is right there. And then really the, 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 the seven years of tribulation, okay? Now, there's a lot of debate and a lot of talk of people where the rapture is. You know, y'all may have heard it before. It's, there's, there's pre-tribulation, that's when the rapture happens. There's people that believe in mid-tribulation, that means within the three and a half years, after three and a half years, that's when the rapture happens. Or there's a, they say post-tribulation, after the seven years, that's when the rapture happens. If you don't know what a rapture is, the rapture, you've probably seen it in a movie or read in a book. Rapture is when we get, we get taken up to heaven for those that are alive and believers in Christ. I believe personally, okay, there's no scripture, hear me, there is no scripture in the Bible that tells you it's pre-trib, post-trib, or mid-trib. From what I've studied in the scripture, and a lot of theologians believe that it's, it's rapture will happen pre-trib, okay? That's what I personally believe. You may believe something different. That's totally fine. You may believe in mid-tribulation. You may believe in post-tribulation. Post-tribulation, that's totally fine. You're wrong, okay, cool. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's a joke. It's a joke. So this is from what I've studied in the scripture. I believe in the pre-tribulation. That's when the rapture will happen. We'll talk more about that in the, in the next weeks to come. Three and a half years of deception and then three and a half years of Antichrist reign that happens. And then after that, the second coming of Christ, which is when Christ comes and the Armageddon happens. And then that's when the, the battle is won. Then Christ reigns on the earth. We will, reign, we will come back and we will reign with Christ for a thousand years on this earth. And then the, the great white throne judgment and then the new heaven and new earth. And then there's eternity, okay? And so all of that, you're like, what in the world are you talking about? You gotta come back in the next few weeks. You know what I'm saying? I'm selling it to you a little bit. But no, so this is kind of just the timeline of what the, the scripture talks about in Revelation. Again, I'm just giving you very basic. I know this isn't like the most practical message and you're like, come on, just give me the four steps how. Well, that's not what this is. We wanna to continue to study the word together too. We'll have practical messages. But we also wanna just study and dive in. Is that okay, somebody? Okay, so the main characters in the book of the Bible, very quickly in this book, the main characters are this. It's John. Okay, he's the writer, he's the host, if you will. Uh, then the seven churches, that's in chapter two and three. Uh, there's two beasts 
in the scripture. We'll talk about that. One being a counterfeit Christ who's a political leader, and the second is a counterfeit Christ who will be a religious leader. We'll talk about that. There'll be a political leader that rises. It's an antichrist spirit. There'll be a political, and there'll be a religious leader that rises. We'll talk all about that. And, and there'll be two witnesses uh, that are, and we'll talk about that. I don't want to give you too much. Uh, then we'll be, talking about, we'll be talking about the harlot in the scripture. People have probably read it. Uh, there's a harlot in the scripture, and she seeks to lead the church into spiritual or, sec- or sexual adultery. You're like, <gasps> what are you talking about? We'll talk more about it later. Uh, and then the main character of the scripture, the main character, if we're talking about, if you want to look at, let's say, a movie, all the characters in the, in the book, all the characters in the movie, the main character, the superhero of the scripture is Jesus. The superhero of this text of Revelation is Jesus. I want to show it to you. Revelation chapter 1, starting in verse 1. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ. This is not a revelation of end times. The book starts with, this is not a revelation of the rapture. This is not a revelation of of the, the beast. This is not, this is a revelation of Jesus Christ. He is the theme, he is the superhero of the story, which God gave him to show the servants the events that must take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is the report of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. The testimony of Jesus Christ. I'm just showing you to make sure you know this book is about Jesus. In fact, let me just talk to you for a second. Every book of the Bible points to Jesus. You're like, oh, the Old Testament. No, the Old Testament points to the grace of Jesus. You can go read Leviticus and go read all those laws. And let me tell you something. It makes me thankful and grateful for one person and one person only, Jesus. Every word in the scripture points us to Jesus. And so this is what Revelation is. It points us to Jesus. Okay, so what does Revelation say about Jesus? I'm glad you asked. Let's talk about it. Revelation chapter one and verse five and six, it says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to whom he loved us and washed us from our sins of his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Very quickly, what does the Revelation say? Verse one through one, chapter one, verse five, it says, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. What does it show us? It's showing us this, Jesus Christ is truth. Yeah. Who is Jesus? What is Jesus in the scripture, in Revelation? What are they trying to point to? They're trying to let us know. He says, a faithful witness. He is, he is showing us Jesus is truth. We are living in a world, in a time where truth does not exist. In fact, we're living in a time and a generation where you create your own truth. It's so interesting to me how we are to follow your truth. I follow my truth. Well, if I follow my truth and you follow your truth and your truth is different than my truth, then what's truth? Well, wait a minute. Well, no. Well, we're just meant to just follow it. Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) Truth is meant to... For this, for us to understand there is truth and what is the truth. Now, we may not like the truth and so we try to distort or distract ourselves from the truth. But in the end, the role of who we are as Christians is not to pollute the truth, but to know the truth. And the truth is one thing and one thing only. One person and one person only. It's Jesus. Jesus is truth. Revelation chapter one and verse five, it says, Jesus Christ, the firstborn from the dead. Jesus is truth, but also Jesus is life. 
says the firstborn from the dead. I love this because actually if you read the scripture, Jesus raises people from the dead. You read the Old Testament, there are people like Elisha and Elijah who raised people from the dead. And so why would it be that Jesus says he's the firstborn from the dead? Well, the firstborn would mean you would be the first. Well, Jesus, you were not the first. You actually yourself raised people from the dead. What are you talking about? I'm glad you asked. We're gonna look at it right here in verse, in verse 18. It says this, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Here's the difference about what we're talking about today. We're talking about, we're talking about him being, he is life. He's the firstborn of the one who's raised. Now, other people have been raised. What are you talking about? How is he the firstborn? Here's why. See, other people were resuscitated and they lived a little bit longer. Jesus was resurrected and he still lives today. He is the first one and the only one who has died and still is alive. He is the firstborn, so Jesus is life. He is the one that we go to for life. And I love the scripture in John 10, 10. He says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Not just life, but good life. Come on, somebody. Jesus is life. Revelation chapter one and verse five, Jesus Christ, the ruler over the kings of the earth. Okay, so we're talking all these different things. I know this is a lot of information. Again, this is more of an informational message today. We're just introducing a revelation. I'm excited to dive in with you for the next few weeks. Uh, but Jesus, it says, what is Jesus in the scripture of Revelation? He's truth, he's life, but then also he's king. This is the ruler of the kings of the earth. He's the king of kings. You know, oftentimes as Christians, for those of you that call yourself a Christian, watching online or in this room, oftentimes we, we look to Jesus as savior and it's hard for us to look at him as king. King means full authority. Savior means you got me, you saved me, and that's great. But it doesn't stop there. The, the role that Jesus plays in our life cannot stop at just savior. He's king, meaning this. If you say it, I'm gonna obey it. I'm gonna follow you. See, a king, especially in the biblical time, a king had all authority. If the king said it, it happened. Not only did the king have all authority, the king had all resources. And so here's what happened. You would go to the king and the king would provide whatever it was needed. And so it's the same thing with us. We understand Jesus is not just our savior. He's also our king. And so here's what we do. Now we submit to him and we say, God, our lives are yours. For those of us that call ourselves Christians, our lives are yours. And so God, we wanna follow you you and we want to honor you with our lives oftentimes we honor Jesus as savior but not as king we should be people that honor him with our lives by honoring him with the life that we live with obeying him and following him in our lives okay a lot of information I know okay very quickly I'm gonna close we're just talking here we're just talking about what, what is, why was Revelation written? What, is, what are we studying it for? We're studying it for preparation and perspective and for peace. And, and we're looking at the theme and the characters of the Bible. We'll break all that stuff down. And we're talking about all these different things. But then just practically, really, what is Revelation speaking to us today about? And I want to show it to you, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17. It says, but he laid his right hand on me saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I love this because 
John's obviously getting worked up about what he's seeing, what he's hearing, what's happening. We don't know what he's worked up about, but he becomes afraid. And Jesus comes and lays his hand on him and says, don't be afraid. We as Christians, the role that we are to play in this, what we call end times period of our life, here's what we are to do. We are to live a life where we do not be afraid. We don't fear. In our lives, we are called to not fear. 366 times in the scripture, the Bible talks about not fearing, not being afraid. 366, one for every day, even a leap year. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Do not be afraid. And so here's what he says. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming, I'm laying my hand. And here's what's awesome about where we are. There's so much uncertainty. There's so much unrest. There's so much civil divide. There's so much uh, prejudiceness in, the, in our country, in our world. There's so much poverty in other countries. There's so much need. There's so many things in our lives. And all these things we can look at and we can become so worked up and be like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Well, we see the beginning of chapter one. We see the very first chapter. We see Jesus starts with this. Don't be afraid. I love that he puts his hand on him. It's almost like us seeing a picture of what God does for us. He holds us. And here's what I know about the God that we serve. If we are in his hands, nothing can come against us. Nothing, no matter how uncertain we are, no matter what the world looks like, no matter how much unrest there is, I don't have to be afraid. Why? Because Jesus is king. And the king is holding my life. And you know, we used to little sing the song, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a kitty song. We're, I'm not talking about he's just got the whole world and he's just watching the world. No, he literally is walking with us. The Holy Spirit is here on earth, walking with us so that we don't have to live a life of fear like those that don't walk with him. If we're gonna do one thing in this series, if we're gonna look at one perspective and we're gonna have one mindset, it's this, I'm not gonna fear. No matter what I see or what I face, no matter what goes on around me, I will not fear. Why? Because I know Jesus is in control and he reigns and he is king over all things. And so if he is, if he is king over all things, he has authority over all things. If he has authority over all things, that means he has the power to defeat all things in my life. I will not fear. Then Revelation chapter one, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, it says, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives unto death. Two things that we see and practically that we are to do as Christians, we are to, we are to not fear, but then also we are to resist conformity. We are to resist conforming to the things and the patterns of this world. Do you know that the enemy has set up everything on this planet to try to get us to a place where we begin to conform to things other than Christ? The Bible actually says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It starts here. It's interesting to me how Christians, we can get to a place in society where we look just like the people that aren't Christians. And I'm not talking about in the way that we dressed, 
Yes, please go look cool with the way that you dress. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, our lifestyles and our beliefs and our thought processes are the same as those that don't believe in Christ. How is that possible? We serve a God and we know he's savior and he's king. We know he has all authority. And so if he has all authority, why am I fearing like the world's fearing? Why am I tempted? And I'm not just saying tempted. Why am I falling into temptation just like the world is? Our role as Christians is to not conform. Why? Because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. There are so many opportunities for us to conform. Why? Because the Bible says we are to be, we are, not we be, we are the salt and the light of this world. See, I love that they use the scripture, the term salt and life, when we're talking about conforming to the things of the world. See, this is what we can often do when we read the scriptures. Two things we can, that can happen. We read Revelation. One is we get so scared, we go, like into the, we go to Montana, we make bunkers. We just, we just, we're so scared. We can't talk to the world. We can't talk to anybody. Like, we don't want to, we don't want to sin. No, no, no bad things. No bad things. No bad things. No, 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 no bad things. Bad things. No, 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 no. And we just hide and we just isolate ourselves and we just got to get with us little four Christians and, and we got to make sure that we study the Bible so deep and so that we know the scripture and no, no, no bad things, no bad things, no bad things, no bad things. And we can get to this place where we, we bunker or hunker ourselves down and here's what happens. There is, there, there's no way for us to use and shine the light of Christ if we're just bunkered and hunkered down. The Bible says, y'all know the scriptures, who would have a light and, and put it under a basket? See, we are not to get to the place where we hunker down, but then there's not just, I love it, it's not just light, it's also, it says we are, we are salt of the earth. See, here's what happens. We either can get caught up and we, we just hunker down, or we get to the place where we start to try to blend in so much with the world that there's no flavor, there's no salt. And so now I can't help change people's perspective. I can't help change people. Why? Because I'm in the same mess they are. I can't help somebody out of a ditch. Why? Because I'm in the ditch. See, God wants us to live a life where he knows he saved us. He's forgiven us. We're not going to fear, but we're also not going to conform. I'm not going to start to try to live as close to the edge as I can to where I can. Okay, I think I'm going to make it to heaven. Praise God. That's not what the Christian life's about. That's not what Jesus is about. It's not, to, it's not to get to the place where we just live however we want and in the last minute, oh, we just call out to him. Yes, that happens, but that's not the goal of being a Christian. The goal of being a Christian is that we would stand out and be a light and be a salt to the world. Why? So that we can help change the things that we want to see changed on this planet. There's so much going on in our country. There's so much going on in our world. And God has called us as believers to be a people that don't just conform and just blend in. And we just make it throughout life. And they just say, oh yeah, he, oh yeah, she. They're, they're, they're good people. I wanna be known for more than good people. I wanna be known for good people but I want to be known for one when someone's marriage is coming, going to just crashing and burning. They can say, I know who I need to talk to. I want to be someone where they're depressed and they're, they got so much going on. They're depressed and they're in the room by themselves and they have nobody. And they feel like nobody's there for them that they can, they can call and say, I know who I can talk to. Why? Because they, they stand out because they love Jesus. And not only do they love Jesus, they're not perfect, but they love Jesus and they're not conforming like everybody else is. And so I want to find out what's different about them.
Let us be a people. Here, we're gonna break down Revelation, and I'm telling you, I'm excited about it. You may not be. Praise God, I hope you come back. But we're gonna break down all these things. But we start with this concept of knowing, okay, Jesus reigns. He's in control. I don't have to fear, but it's not just I don't have to fear. He wants me also not to conform. In fact, it's not about conforming. My heart and my goal should be transforming into who he's called me to be. We can be so caught up in trying to fit in to the culture at our jobs. We can be so caught up in fitting in on the teams that here's what happens. We start looking like them and we start conforming that we have no energy to transform into who God's called us to be. And so I wanna encourage you, let us be a people. I'm closing because we got another service, praise God. Let's be a people as we study the book of Revelation. And we be a people that know Jesus reigns. But not only does he reign, because he reigns, now I can overcome all things in this world. Amen. Can we pray today, Father? I th-